Ephesians 4.32 states, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Forgiveness, hmm, seems all well and good. That is, until someone sins against you or your family in a way that makes being tender-hearted in return look <laughs> insane. In those moments, we may not want to forgive. We may want to get even. And yet, we are called to forgive all those who have wronged us, even our enemies. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. Just a heads up, this episode contains content that may not be appropriate for our younger listeners. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. Have you ever felt like you couldn't forgive someone? Maybe they had wronged you so terribly that forgiveness seemed like the furthest thing from your heart. I think we've all felt that. The woman in today's story went through a tragedy where reconciliation would seem unimaginable. Will she discover the path to forgiveness? That's what we're diving into in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for an exciting prize. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part two of the true story of Dory Greeson. Possible DUI, parking lot at 4200 Main. 10-4, responding. Out-of-state plates, two occupants, female driver. Miss, I need you to step out of the car. Help me. Please help me. What's going on? He's not breathing. I'm trying to bring him back. Please help me bring him back. What happened to him? I killed him. Tell me again what happened. Why do you keep asking me that question? I want to make sure I get the truth. I'm really tired. How long are you going to keep me in here? That's up to you. You drank some alcohol in the parking lot, and then what happened? <sighs> Robbie got real depressed, and he told me... He told me he didn't want to live anymore. He gets really sad. Don't you ever get sad? Go on. Robbie said he wanted to die. But he couldn't take his own life. So you helped him? Yeah, I helped him. I got in the back seat behind him. I put my arm around his neck and choked him. Then what happened? Then I placed my hands over his nose and mouth for a long time. Till he stopped breathing. Even if he begged you to do that, why would you? I don't get it. I understand how it happened. I understand that you guys were traveling together. I don't believe he was so unhappy that he begged you to take his life. That's what happened. But, yes, I I kind of wanted to see what it would be like to kill somebody with my bare hands. So you wanted to know what it was like to kill somebody? Kind of. My former boyfriend choked me once. And ever since then, I've wanted to do that. But I didn't want it to be someone as sweet as Robbie. Is that why you killed Robbie? No. I only helped him die. It's what he wanted. Can I go now? That's not happening. 
Lindsay Haugen, I'm arresting you for the murder of Robbie Greason. With so many news reports about people getting killed every day, it's easy to ignore how often it happens until that violence touches your own family. And when it does, how do you find the strength to forgive the person who took the life of someone you love? We now bring you part two in this true testimony of Dory Greason, right now on Unshackled. I was at a coffee shop when I got the call. At first, I thought it was Robbie calling, but it was his friend Kate. She told me the news that every parent dreads, that their child is dead. Somehow, I made it back to my office, stepped inside, and began sobbing uncontrollably. I kept screaming, help me God, over and over as I pounded my fists on my desk. When my husband, Robbie's stepfather, arrived, he tried to console me and added his tears to mine. He encouraged me to focus on the fact that Robbie was now in heaven. We went on my computer and found newspaper articles describing Robbie's death. I was stunned by what I read. This makes no sense. It says she only knew Robbie less than a month. Why would she do that to him? I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Robbie had a kind soul. He would have given the shirt off his back to a complete stranger. Why would anyone want to kill him? I wish I knew. As Jean drove me home, we remembered that we were scheduled to leave in two days for a couple's retreat with some of our closest friends. My first thought was to cancel, but Jean believed it would give us time to process what had happened. He was right. It was just what we needed. Not once during that week in the mountains did our friends press us for details or ply us with questions. They were just present and gave us plenty of room to grieve quietly or take long walks on the forest trails. The second night we were there, Jean and I sat up late watching the flames in a fireplace. He pulled the paper out of his Bible and started making notes in it. What are you writing? A list of people we need to forgive including some who enabled Robbie's addiction. Show me. Here. Why are our names on the list? I don't believe we were at fault for Robbie's addiction, but we might be tempted to blame ourselves, thinking we should have done something differently. And why is God's name on here? Just in case we're tempted to blame him for not stopping Robbie's murder. Okay. So what do we do with this? We pray over it, forgiving everyone on the list, and then toss it into the fire. We let go of any bitterness we might have. It doesn't mean we stop grieving. No. no it, it just means we forgive and trust that God will heal our hearts. Every week you go into those prisons with me and we tell those men that there's nothing, nothing they'll ever do that God can't forgive. Lindsay, killed our son, but she needs our forgiveness too. If we don't forgive her, what kind of Jesus followers are we? Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. 
Remember when Robbie was young, when I was helping him memorize Bible verses? That was a special time. Trying to remember which one was his favorite. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Forgiving one another. That's what Robbie would want us to do. Jean had written the name Lindsay at the top of the paper. We prayed for every name, then placed the list in the fire and watched the flames consume it until nothing was left. The next week was a blur of activity between Robbie's memorial service and tear-filled conversations with family and friends. Eventually, people drifted back into their routines and Jean and I did as well. But most days it felt like we were just going through the motions. People think that grief fades away, but it only hides for a day or two and then comes rushing back at you like a rogue wave. Even though I had forgiven Lindsay, the pain of my loss remained. My sadness ran so deep that I cried on and off for months. I asked my church family to pray for me, and the heaviness finally lifted. Jean and I followed Lindsay's court case from a distance. Lindsay Howen, please stand. Do you wish to modify your plea in any way? Uh, no, Your Honor. I am guilty of murdering Robbie. I knew it was wrong. I feel like I deserve whatever I get because I can't bring Robbie back. As I considered your sentencing, I took into account that you were under the influence of drugs and alcohol at the time of his murder. However, all evidence points to the fact that you deliberately and willfully took the life of another human being. Actions have consequences, Miss Haugen and state law mandates that you suffer those consequences. Do you understand that? Yes. Yes, Your Honor, I do. I hereby sentence you to prison for 60 years with the possibility of parole after one quarter of that sentence has been served. Hopefully that's enough time for you to regret the suffering you have caused. This court is adjourned. Knowing that she was in prison didn't bring my son back. I didn't like this woman. I tried not to think about her. But the harder I tried, the more I did. When I viewed her mugshot the first time, I saw the empty stare of someone who had lived a hard life. But my mother's heart still demanded answers. How hard was your life to lead you to do something like this? What were you thinking when you took my son's life? Eventually, my mother's heart cried for hers, her parents, and her son. Maybe all my years in prison ministry had taught me to love those who have destroyed their lives despite the choices they've made. Someone once told me that nobody goes to prison alone. They take the hearts of those who love them with them. 
I tried so many times to write a letter to her, but the words wouldn't come. Jean mailed his letter ten months after Robbie's death. You still trying to play that thing? Why not? I got nothing else to do in here. Well, good thing I checked your mailbox for you. Why? No one ever writes me. Mm, somebody did. All the way from sunny Florida. I don't know anybody there. You want me to read it? No, I got it. To Lindsay. I would have normally begun this letter with Dear Lindsay, but given the fact that I have not met you yet, and for what you have done, you are certainly not dear to me. Who is this jerk? You do not know me, so I will introduce myself. I am Robbie's stepfather. I want you to know, I want you to know that I have forgiven you. We wondered if we would ever hear back from Lindsay. One week stretched into another until we stopped expecting a reply. But after five weeks, we received our first letter from her. Dear Jean, words cannot express how much it means to me that you took the time to reach out. I express my sincere apology to you and everyone else in Robbie's family for the loss of such a beautiful soul. Robbie was a light wherever he went. And when I made the decision to take his life, I caused the world a grave injustice. And for those who never met Robbie, I stole their chance to have their lives enriched by knowing him. Lindsay. Two weeks later, God gave me the words to write back to her. My emotions spilling onto the paper. I sealed it in an envelope and held it in my hand, hesitating, wondering if I was ready to send it. As I let the envelope slide into the mailbox, I felt the weight of the world fall from my shoulders. It reached its destination. Dear Lindsay, I am glad you responded to Jean's letter. I've, I've wanted, wanted to, to ask. ask you all kinds of questions and blast you with, why, why did you kill my son? But I know there are no good answers that would satisfy me. I realized that like Robbie, you too were on a destructive path. I am glad that now you are getting the help you need. Lindsay, I forgive you. I forgive you. Jesus has paid for all of your sins, just as he has paid for all my sins. I need Jesus just as badly as you do. I would be lost without him. But since my trust is in him, and him only, I am forever saved and free. May God bless you, Dory Greason, Robbie's mom. More letters flowed back and forth between us, and it was obvious that God was doing a work in all three of our hearts. When you cry out to Jesus, he meets you wherever you are at, even if it's inside a prison cell in Billings, Montana. Lindsay had once believed in God, but had strayed so far from him that she was calling herself an atheist. 
But one night in her prison cell, Lindsay slipped from her bunk, got on her knees, and asked God to forgive her. One might expect that this was the end of the story, but God had other plans. I wondered what it would be like to meet the woman who killed my son. I was about to find out. Folks, we'll get back to Dory's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we are able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there is one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check to Unshackled and mail it to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, we thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the conclusion of the true story of Dory Greeson. After dozens of letters, both Jean and I felt it was time to meet Lindsay in person. We didn't know what to expect or what the prison protocol was for situations like ours. We assumed our meeting would last an hour at the most. We were ushered into an empty break room, and after a while, a heavy door opened at the opposite end of the room. And I barely recognized the young woman who walked in. Lindsay looked so different than her arrest photo. She was thinner and her hair was cut short. Her drug-hardened, empty gaze had been replaced with softness and light. She hesitated, barely breathing as our eyes met. Even though we had written so many letters back and forth, she seemed uncertain how I would react. I was surprised by the amount of concern I felt for the woman who had killed my son. Only God could have placed the compassion I felt in my heart for her at that moment. I walked up to Lindsay, wrapped my arms around her, and told her that I loved her. I don't deserve this. Yes, you do. You are God's child. I have hurt you so deeply, yet you showed me so much. It's called love. There is no human way anybody could forgive me for what I did. But God gave us the example, right? Yeah. But God, when we least deserved it, he sent his son to die for your sins and mine. Don't ever forget that. <sighs> the day, the day Jean's letter came, I was so lost and alone, so filled with regret, no hope left. I was facing 60 years in prison, knowing my son would grow up without me. The consequences of my choices were the walls around me. There was a murderer and nothing could ever justify what I'd done. It's okay. No, I need to say this. It didn't matter that Robbie and I had been on the same path of destruction or, 
or that alcohol had clouded our minds. There was no one to blame but myself. But then you and Jean, you helped me believe that I could be forgiven. You are forgiven, Lindsay. And Robbie is safe and whole in God's presence. His struggle with pain and depression is behind him. Come, let's go sit at a table. I want to hear all about what God's been teaching you. Jean asked the supervisor how much time we had, and she answered, as long as it takes. One hour turned into the next as we shared stories and even sang songs together. Eventually, Jean and I hugged her goodbye and went back to our hotel. Our minds overwhelmed by what we had experienced during our eight hours together. It may seem strange for some people to understand what I'm about to say. Although God had taken my son, it felt like he had given me a precious friend. And Jean felt he had another daughter. Hello? Mr. Greeson? My name's Gareth. I'm the producer of a documentary being made about the young woman who killed your son. Okay, how can I help you? I'd like to bring a film crew to your home and interview you and your wife. Would that be possible? Oh, I'd have to talk to Dory first. Why do you want to do this story? Well, the circumstances are interesting to begin with. Less than 10% of murder convictions each year are from women. And then, of course, there's great interest in the relationship that you and your wife have developed with your son's killer. Any story we tell would need to explain the reason why we've forgiven her, which is because of our faith in Jesus. God forgave us and tells us to forgive others. That would need to be included. Of course. Whatever you want to say is fine by me. I'll run this past Dory. Will this be on a local channel? No, sir. It's a national streaming channel. It's called Netflix. Both Jean and I believe this show would be a great opportunity to share the gospel and give God the glory for what he had done. The film crew spent three days with us, taping 12 hours of interviews in our home and at our church. Every chance we had, we wove God's story of love and forgiveness into every part of our journey. The crew thanked us as they were leaving, and the producer assured us that he would include the reason why we could forgive Lindsay. Months passed, and then the show finally aired. Only 10 minutes of our 12-hour interview was shown. Not one of the several gospel presentations Jean and I had shared was included. Within hours, the internet trolls started posting mostly abusive comments. I can't believe what people are writing. Listen to this. These self-righteous parents should have never even had children. They must have abused their son to make him run away and become a drunk. She never wanted a son, only a daughter. Stop reading those. People like that get their amusement from psychological torture. If they have any serious questions, I'll answer them. Otherwise, just ignore them. It's not just them. Others wonder the same thing. They're asking why I was always smiling in my interview. I know. I've heard similar comments. I haven't always been smiling. There were months that I hardly ever stopped crying. What did they expect me to do? Be depressed the rest of my life? Write Lindsay hate letters every day and never forgive her? Would that have brought Robbie back? No, it wouldn't. They don't understand that God sets the example. 
He's forgiven us of countless sins, and we only had to forgive Lindsay of one, even though it was a terrible one. <sighs> people can be so cruel. Some people will watch that show and think you're a crazy lady. We can't control that. But some people will watch that show and let God shine a light on someone they need to forgive. He'll use that show however he wants to. People may vent and say all sorts of stupid stuff, but you need to let God defend your character. He knows your heart better than anyone else. It's still hard for some people to comprehend how I could forgive Lindsay. What they don't realize is that doing so set Jean and me free from despair and enabled us to be healed. Forgiving Lindsay was a gift for us too. It allowed us to experience God's great joy and peace and the good things he had in store for us. I never told you that Robbie's name means bright light in the valley. God was the bright light in Robbie's dark valley of addiction. Now Robbie's story is helping others get out of their own valley of struggles. For years now, God has been working out for good. The horribly wrong and tragic murder of my son, just as he promised in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for good for those who love God. Even the hard things. Your mind seems a million miles away. What are you thinking about? Mm, about the day I got the phone call that Robbie had died. If someone had told me that day that my son's killer would become so special to us, I would have told them they were crazy. But God. But God, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, had a plan. We would have missed out on so much had we held on to our pain. I know I would have become so bitter and resentful without forgiving Lindsay. Judging her would only have judged myself. My own ugliness would have destroyed me and everyone around me. I can't imagine how anyone goes through what we did without God. I still miss him. I still miss Robbie. Me too. But one day... One day? One day in heaven, we'll meet again. Chapel service is about to start. You okay? You feeling all right? I feel like I have a hundred butterflies in my stomach. Oh, you'll be fine. I've heard you sing, Lindsay. <laughs> when I sing, the guards run away, but when you do, the angels in heaven get jealous. This still seems like a dream. Keep your feet on the ground, girl. Last time I checked, we're still in prison. Oh, that's your cute. Chaplain just nodded to you. Wow, there's a lot of new faces in this room. Welcome to the Montana Women's Prison, or as we like to say, the Montana Hilton. <laughs> my name's Lindsay. I'm doing 60 for murder. This place has been my home for the past eight years, but the Bible says God has prepared a different home for me in heaven where I get to live forever. <laughs> when I came here, I hated myself. I hated myself for the life I had taken and all the mistakes I had made in my life. Then a strange thing happened, something I never expected. When I least deserved it, someone, someone told me that I was forgiven and loved no matter what I had done. And that if I wanted a new life, 
All I needed to do was repent and believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. I want to play you a song I wrote called Forgiven. Originally, I was going to call it Not Guilty, but the fact is, I am guilty. All of us in this room are, to various degrees. But when we receive Jesus, God declares us not guilty. And at that very moment, we become his child. This is called Forgiven. Well, I don't deserve it. Listening friend, like Lindsay, you may have made terrible mistakes in your life and you find it hard to believe that God could forgive you. Some sins, like murder, are obvious to the world. Other sins are often overlooked, like pride, greed, envy, lust, unbelief, and yes, even not forgiving someone. The good news is that God's gift of forgiveness and eternal salvation is available to everyone, no matter what we've done. And His gift is free. There's nothing any of us can do to earn it or deserve it. And what we have to do to receive that forgiveness is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what wrongs you have done in your life, God wants a relationship with you. That's why He sent His one and only Son into our world. He offers you His forgiveness and everlasting life freely if you will simply believe Him for that gift. The first step always begins with asking God to forgive your sins and believing that Jesus took the punishment you deserved when He died on the cross. The next step is to find a Bible-believing church where you can be discipled and explore how God has uniquely designed you to love others into a deeper relationship with Him. If you need help in making this crucial decision, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org. Or you can leave us a message at 312-281-1264. Now, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. It really helps us out. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for the sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, and 6, which reads, The day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. This plaque is beautiful, folks, and it would make a great everyday reminder of God's perfect promises. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. 
But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, your phone number, and email. The deadline to enter the drawing will be December 2nd, and we will announce the winner on December 18th, just in time to be a great Christmas gift. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Thank you. Okay, thanks. Thank you. For those outside of the United States, our observance of Thanksgiving is a custom that originated with settlers who first came from Europe and settled in North America. In many respects, it's a harvest festival coming in November when the farmers' work in the fields over much of the country has finished. But the holiday does more than mark the season. It's been declared a time for giving thanks to God for the many blessings He has brought us during the year. Thank you for everything. Amen. And this Thanksgiving season, let the recollection of the Apostle Paul and others who've endured trials and tragedies inspire our hearts with gratitude. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Don't miss this special Thanksgiving classic on the next Unshackled. Heard in part two of the true story of Dory Greeson were Anna Maria Alvarez, Tom McElroy, Tina Glushenko, Jim Craig, and Antonia Arsili. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Jacob Wilcoxon. Sound assistant, Sarah Brining. Audio engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Scott Kirk. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions, and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about.